0: mighty baroom that song appears on the album and the tide rushes in it appears on this episode of monster kid radio with the permission of the band the mighty surf lords find out more about them over at mightysurflords.com or you can follow the link in our show notes over at monsterkidradio.net that's the website For the podcast devoted to the classic and sometimes not so classic genre cinema of yesteryear, I'm your host, Derek M. Cook. This is episode 68 of Monster Kid Radio, and I want to welcome everybody to the show. Now, on this episode, we're going to look to the past, something that happened last year for Monster Kid Radio, and we're going to look to the future, maybe an upcoming film project that is in the works, hopefully, fingers crossed. But before we get to that, I want to go ahead and go over our contact information. Our email address is monsterkidradio at gmail.com. And our voicemail line is 503-4795-MKR. That's five zero three four seven nine five six five seven. Now this is all available on our website, where you can also find links to our YouTube channel, our Flickr album, our Live three sixty five page, as well as our Facebook group, where you can get involved in various discussions about anything Monster Kid related with listeners of the show between episodes or even during. If you got earbuds and whatever, go join the Facebook group if you haven't already had a chance to do so, because we're always talking it up between episodes over there. Let's get back to the business of this episode like i said we're going to the past well last year one of the very first monster kid radio crash events was to go see the movie king kong in 35 millimeter at the hollywood theater well i brought my recorder along and i sat on that footage or is it really footage if it's an audio thing i sat on that recording on that audio because i always thought i'd use it later when we started doing some king kong material here on monster kid radio more than just a week's worth of stuff which we'll talk about at the end but you know i wanted to hold on to it and I feel like we're on the verge of talking about King Kong for at least a few weeks here on the show, or at least King Kong-related topics. So I wanted to kick things off with this recording, this classic recording, from this Monster Kid Radio crash. I was joined by Chris McMillan. Now, at this point, this was the second time I had recorded with Chris for Monster Kid Radio. I've had him on the show since then. You guys have heard him on the show since then. But at this point, this was kind of a, hey, how's it going since we've had you on episode number one kind of thing. So bear with me and just pretend we went back in time a little bit. And then as far as what's happening in the future, well, we'll get to that here after you hear about King Kong, which you're going to hear right
1: after this. White Zombie, a new novelization of the classic horror movie from award-winning author Stephen D. Sullivan. Available now in print and all ebook formats. Find it on Amazon, Smashwords, drive Fiction, and other quality outlets. Also available in a special edition, including the complete movie script. Grab White Zombie before it grabs you. Details at SDSullivan.com.
0: Right, Monster Kid Radio. This is a Monster Kid Radio crash, King Kong, the Hollywood Theater, matinee show Saturday. And you guys heard him on episode one of Monster Kid Radio. Returning guest. how you doing, Chris?
1: I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great,
0: man. How's things been going since you've been on the show?
1: They've been going pretty good. Um, just, just a lot of stuff happening on my normal job, so it's kind of kept me out of uh, doing stuff. But... I couldn't miss King Kong in 35mm.
0: No, man, on the big screen film, you can't beat that.
1: No, I mean, this is a classic. I mean, it's not the first big monster epic, you know, you go back to Lost World and stuff, but it's definitely one of the best.
0: Confession time. I've never seen it all the way through. I've seen it bits and pieces here and there, put it together. I've seen the whole thing, but I've never sat down to watch it start to finish. Do I lose any cred?
1: Nah, you tried.
0: <laughs> it's not that I didn't like it. It's just, you know, for research purposes, you watch the beginning of this or whatever. And, you know, I've come back to it. I'm excited for this experience, man.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're going to be showing the uh, pre-code version, which is the one that I never saw until I finally got a VHS copy of it. Because, you know, after um, it came out before the code and then they had to cut stuff out to do re-releases because there's some, there's some nasty stuff. And I was really surprised, because Kong is less of a sympathetic character in the original cut of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's killing people right and left, <laughs> kind of violently on the screen. It's okay. um, graphic.
0: So that's the big difference, is is a lot of Kong death?
1: Well, I mean, he stomps a native into the ground, he chews on a few people, he casually throws someone out a window. It's, um, it's yeah, it's surprising. When when I grew up seeing it on the TV, it was always the postcode version, the one they had to um, edit out the bad stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So to see it on the, you know, to see the original release was just like, whoa, that's, I don't remember that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when was the last time you saw King Kong?
1: Um, I got the DVD release just before Peter Jackson's version. So yeah, that I think that was the last time. I should have, probably should have thrown it in earlier, but just haven't gotten to it, so seeing this on the big screen, oh yeah.
0: If you had to compare the two remakes of King Kong, which one do you prefer? The, the 70s or the, the Peter Jackson?
1: Oh, the seventy to the Peter Jackson. I actually didn't really like either too much. I thought the 70s tried to make Kong too much of a sympathetic character, and it just was kind of silly. It works. There's some great stuff in it, and um, Rob Baker or Rick Baker is just great. John Agar's calling. in it. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, um, you
0: got to get some John Agar.
1: Oh, well, you know, yeah, John John Agar makes everything better. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> but the Peter Jackson one, it was good, but it was just bloated. It just it just felt too long.
0: And this one's about what, about 100 minutes or so, about an hour and a half ish.
1: Oh yeah, and they trimmed a lot out of it. The 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 original, you know production company wanted this to be a quick snap movie you know just keep the action going once they show Kong on the screen and it really does it's fast it works mm-hmm. there's there's not a break in it you know it just keeps going and going and going and going and which makes it wonderful
0: <laughs> well, I'm excited man I, is there anything that I should know before I ever started here
1: oh no just kick back enjoy the ride it's going to be hell of a lot of fun
0: Oh no, it wasn't the airplanes, it was building killed the base.
1: Told you there was some scenes in there.
0: <laughs> so this was post. This was pre-code.
1: I think this was the pre-code cut, with the exception of the spider pit uh, that they trimmed off. But yeah, I mean, he's stomping people in the head <laughs> more than once. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it doesn't make Kong any less sympathetic, but it makes him more of a beast than mm-hmm. is portrayed on the yeah the TV cut I saw.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, this was mid thirties,
1: nineteen thirty-three.
0: I'm super impressed by the technical filmmaking here, the pans, the camera movement, the sound,
1: all that. I mean, some of the effects work they've done, I mean, that wasn't rivaled till Harryhausen came on. I mean, right. just, oh, yeah. I love the way they hid when they cut from the live actors to the stop motion. It's, its you know, you can kind of tell if you're looking, but it's almost mm-hmm. seamless.
0: You know, for me when I think thirties horror, I get stuck in like Dracula Frankenstein Land where it's all static, stagey, mm-hmm. things like that. This was all over the place. I mean this this was it would easily rival something from the forties or fifties.
1: Yeah, I mean it was it was designed to be um a fast paced, you know I hate to use the term, but almost in your face monster movie. It's designed uh-huh. to be quick. It's designed to grab you and not let you go once they show I mean it takes a little while to build but once they show Kong on the screen that the movie just roars (laughs) just goes it's
0: nonstop man it's a great action movie I'm I'm glad you came out to watch it man
1: well I I wouldn't miss it on the big screen I mean it's so much more impressive than on my home Uh, you know I mean shoot it's a big screen. Come on, it's yeah. going to look a lot better. And the print was really good.
0: Indeed, yeah, it looks really good.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, a few pops, crackles, but that's what you expect with thirty-five millimeters. Still, it was a really clean print. Mm-hmm. There wasn't any problems except for the technical framing at that one cut. But yeah. that happens.
0: And the real change here was like they just needed to move it a little bit. But yeah, yeah it's I a mean, framing thing. You get that. It's part of the the uh, the effect you get with with film. It's fine.
1: I, I didn't mind I was like I hope there's someone up oh yeah there is someone up there he's changing it or she's changing it right now whoever yeah <laughs> that
0: was awesome so dude um, again thanks for you know joining me and, and chatting for a few where can people find you online
1: Um, you can find me on the shadow over Portland at blogspot.com or just google shadow the shadow over Portland I, I'm the first and only one there I believe
0: yeah, and as we did when you were on the first episode link in the show notes go check that out Chris thanks a lot man
1: my pleasure. Oh, I was happy to have someone uh, who I knew uh, to hang out and watch this, because uh, it's always more fun when there's a second person.
0: Definitely. Well, that's what the Monster Kid crashes are about, man. A <laughs> hey, big thanks to Chris McMillan for being on the show this time around, and for joining me for the Monster Kid Radio Crashes King Kong at the Hollywood Theater. Man, that was a lot of fun. Like I told Chris, and like I said earlier, this was the first time that I had seen the movie from start to finish uninterrupted, and obviously, I think, the first time I've ever seen it on the big screen. So, King Kong, 1933. There was some question about that when I was sitting in the theater with Chris. I think we were saying 1935, but, I mean, 1933, that's still incredibly impressive considering the filmmaking techniques on display here. Not just the stop motion. I mean, Willis O'Brien is a master. But when it comes to all the filmmaking techniques on display, the moving camera, the editing, the music, it definitely doesn't feel like a movie from the 30s. As I said, sometimes when I think about 1930s horror movies or monster movies, I get kind of stuck in stage land. I think about Todd Browning's Dracula. I think about James Whale Frankenstein, where there isn't a lot of comfortableness with the camera. It's all very stage-like. There's a lot of, well, just performing for the camera and that's that The sound in King Kong was pretty good. Like I said, there was a lot of action... And the camera moving around, especially in the jungle, there's a lot of... It's just really impressive. We've got our lead characters running toward the camera, away from King Kong, the camera tracking behind them. We've got cameras moving and panning left and right. I mean, this is pretty impressive and something that I feel like maybe we take for granted when we watch a movie like King Kong. Marion C. Cooper and his partner, Ernest B. Shodsek brought a lot of their experiences to bear here. If you don't know much about them, I recommend that you go learn because these guys are groundbreaking filmmakers. Politically correct? No. They were known for making these action-adventure dramas, a lot of times shot in real-world, quote-unquote, native locations, using natives, using live animals, wild animals, as their characters. And the animals were oftentimes killed. And I think... Nowadays, obviously, that wouldn't fly. And it wasn't exploited. It wasn't cannibal holocaust style or anything like that. But it's pretty obvious that there's a little bit of exploitation going on here. And really, that sensibility kind of crept into King Kong a little bit in regards to how our human characters just open fire on every single animal they find in the jungle. A dinosaur shows up, shoot it! And I understand they're defending themselves, but it's just a slightly different sensibility. Maybe it's the animal lover in me, but... You know, now, granted, King Kong is trying to kill people. He's putting people in his mouth. He's biting down. He's ripping them. He's shoving them into the ground. He's burying them in the earth. It's pretty intense. And obviously, King Kong was going to kill everybody in his path. Granted, the white man showed up and kind of bothered him. But still, you know, King Kong was going to kill everybody in his path. So you do what you got to do. But for better or worse, even that aspect of Cooper's and Shrudsak's background kind of crept into this movie as well. And in terms of what this movie did for what we do here on Monster Kid Radio, I mean, really, without King Kong, you have no Mighty Joe Young. Without King Kong, you have no Willis O'Brien influencing Ray Harryhausen. Without Ray Harryhausen, you don't have the movies that would influence the Japanese filmmakers to make Godzilla. Without Godzilla, we don't have the kaiju stuff. It's insane when you look at King Kong and the impact and the influence that it had. You look at an actress like Faye Ray, who, my God, beautiful in this film, Does a wonderful job as an actress. You look at Bruce Cabot as John Driscoll. I mean, this guy is our action hero type. Robert Armstrong as Carl Denham. Uh, Probably the, the least exciting of the three leads, but not the cartoon character that Jack Black would make him out to be in the King Kong remake by Peter Jackson. Still really solid characters. An interesting look at what society was like in the 30s. An interesting look at what filmmaking was like in the 30s. An interesting look at what... Can be done with 1930s technology, filmmaking technique. Really impressive. I had a really good time. And I got to tell you, the Hollywood Theater is probably one of the best theaters to see a movie like this. The Hollywood Theater has been the home to the H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival and CthulhuCon for years. So I come out here once a year to see movies anyway. They try to show nothing but 35mm prints. I saw King Kong vs. Godzilla here a while back. I've seen Raiders of the Lost Ark here a while back. I've seen Creature from the Black Lagoon not once but twice in 3D here at the Hollywood Theater a while back. I'm going to put a link to their website in the show notes. It's hollywoodtheater.org If you're in the Portland area, I recommend that you check it out and try to come out and see a movie here and just really support what they do. They do project digitally when they have to, but they really prefer to show film. And it's an old school theater. They are constantly trying to revamp and renovate and rebuild and just restore the theater to its original glory. Go over to the website for the Hollywood Theater to see what it used to look like. Tell them Monster Kid Radio sent you when you go to buy your ticket and enjoy the show. Know, seeing King Kong on the big screen at the Hollywood, perfect. The Hollywood Theater, I've talked about a lot here on Monster Kid Radio since its launch. So you might be getting tired of me talking about it, but tough because I'm going to talk about it some more because I love that theater. It's a beautiful theater. It's got a new marquee now with white letters. It's just a gorgeous place to go watch some of these classic films. And I'm going to be spending some time there again in April. Because from April 11th through April 13th is the H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival and Cthulhu Con. I'm excited for this year's event because a classic monster movie is going to be shown on the big screen. And I'm talking about one of my favorite Lovecraft adaptations. And I think I even mentioned it way back in Episode 2 of Monster Kid Radio. We're talking about the movie Curse of the Crimson Altar starring Christopher Lee, Boris Karloff, and Barbara Steele. I love this movie, and of course I've got it on DVD now, but the first time I saw it was at a previous year's edition, I guess, of the Lovecraft Film Festival. might have been 2003. I don't remember. doesn't matter because I'm going to see it again on the big screen this year. There's going to be a number of other feature films and shorts and other events and things like that, and I'm going to be there if you're going to be in the – I was about to say in the Lovecraft area. If you're going to be in the Portland area, April 11th through the 13th, I'd love to meet you out there. I know Chris is going to be out there for at least one of the days. Ray, who's been on the show is going to be out there for at least one of the days. It's going to be a great time. And of course I'll have my recorder there with me recording the event and sharing everything that happens with you guys and gals on a future episode of monster kid radio. So let's talk about the future. We got a call from somebody who is putting together a Kickstarter project for an upcoming feature film that he has in mind. So Let's hear about that.
2: Hi, this is Joe from Chicago, and I'm calling to tell you about an exciting new Kickstarter campaign for a movie that I want to produce. It's the ultimate monster movie about the ultimate monster. It's called Godzilla versus Illiteracy. And the premise of it is that, you know, Godzilla's been making movies for decades, and I don't think we've really gotten to the heart of the problem. I think there's something kind of psychosocial going on with Godzilla that we haven't really diagnosed. So the hero of the movie is this, uh, young, attractive female scientist who discovers that the reason why Godzilla has been acting out inappropriately for decades is that he's embarrassed by the fact that he can't read. So he overcompensates with violence and acts out in any number of inappropriate ways. So, you know, she tries to reach out to him. She gets the government to play hooked-on phonics tapes out of these gigantic speakers on top of these trucks, you know. And she gets out there in the streets and she starts talking to him and demonstrating the different sounds and letters of the alphabet, you know. She's like, A, Armageddon. That's what you're creating here. B, buildings. You see, that's what you're crushing. B, buildings. And the streets are littered with corpses. That's right, C, corpses, you know. And we also get some flashbacks. To Godzilla's childhood, right? Like, we see that his father, Dadzilla, was an abusive alcoholic who lost his job as a bank security guard when his bosses discovered that he was a giant lizard monster and was really creating more uh, terror and damage than he really was, you know, protecting the bank. So as soon as they find that out, they just, you know, they can his ass, and so he can't provide for his family, and he takes out his frustrations on little Godzilla. That's so sad, so that's a, another piece of the puzzle, you know, but, uh, you know, the female scientist, she sticks with it, you know, and she makes that sort of stand and deliver, you know, lean on me kind of connection, sort of a dangerous minds thing, you know, and in the end, Godzilla does learn to read, and he becomes a streetwise counselor to at-risk urban youth. So I think this movie is going to be sensational. I really want to get uh, Robert De Niro to play Godzilla. You know, he demands a lot of money, but Bob is an actor's actor, and you can't really do better than Bob, so I think that money is going to be well spent. That's why I'm starting the Kickstarter campaign. And if the movie is a success, and I don't see how it could not be, I already have a sequel in mind in which the female scientist, she makes a bet with another scientist that after just 30 days, she can pass off Godzilla as a proper English- Oh
0: Aw, man, he just fell victim to the three-minute time limit on a Google voicemail. Well, I guess if you want to hear how that story is going to end, you're going to have to fund the first film first so we can get the sequel off the ground down the line. You know, I'm an addict to Kickstarter. I love to go on Kickstarter and just kind of look to see what's coming up. Probably shouldn't do it nearly as much because I'm always tempted to support all these different movies because I'm kind of greedy like that. I like to see my name on the special thanks on all these DVDs and movies. And if I can help finance this Godzilla illiteracy project and to get my name on the IMDb listing of Godzilla himself, I mean, having my name that much closer to Toho Studios, I and mean, that's a dream come true, much like the dream Godzilla himself has of learning how to read. So I'm going to keep an eye out for this project. Joe, keep us posted, okay? <laughs> See, Joe is the guy behind the website Dead to Rights, which you can find over at D2Writes.com blogspot.com again there will be a link in the show notes to that so go check that out and see what he's got coming up in the future remember he's the guy that does the Mill creek comedy classic series and the ed wood wednesday series and we're going to have him on the show down the line to talk about ed wood in the near future if we can make our schedules line up big thanks to joe for sending that in big thanks to chris mcmillan for not just appearing on that old recording of our viewing of King Kong, but every other episode he's appeared on here as well. And big thanks to you guys and gals for listening to Monster Kid Radio. Oh, and I should also thank the band, the Mighty Surf Lords, over at MightySurfLords.com for allowing us to play the song The Mighty Baroom from their album In the Tide Rushes In for the opening and closing of this episode of Monster Kid Radio. Speaking of which, Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0 unported license, except for the song The Mighty Room," That belongs to the Mighty Surf Lords. You're going to hear that here in a second and join us next week when we have some more King Kong discussion happening here on Monster Kid Radio. Talk to you then.